Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I want to share a message today on the most amazing week of history. You know what the most amazing week of history is? The week leading up to what we celebrate as Easter. Honestly, the most amazing week of history. And let's have a look at it today. Today is commonly known as Palm Sunday. I had some palm branches cut, but they were all wet, so I wasn't going to spread them all over here. But uh, Palm Sunday. Let's read the scripture in John 12 when Jesus came into Jerusalem and people started waving palm branches. And what happened that week leading up to Easter? I just want to have a fresh look at that because I want Jesus to get bigger, his presence to become more real. The truth of who he is and what he has done becomes so powerful in your life. John chapter 12, verses 12 to 19. The next day. I love that. You might be having a tough day, but there's always a next day. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to him shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. One of the other versions says that he'd sent someone to find a donkey. It was a colt that no one had ridden before. Anyone ever ridden a horse or a donkey that's never been ridden before? That's an adventure, isn't it? Matt's putting his hand up. Anyone, if you've ridden a horse or a donkey that's been ridden before, you're in for fun. This donkey knew that something special was happening and he didn't buck Jesus off because Jesus' presence rules all things, even creation. Wow. And so it says he uh, found a young donkey, sat on it, and as it's written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. That prophecy was given hundreds of years earlier. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You ever had things happen in your life that it's only afterwards you see how God put it all together? His disciples are thinking, wow, wow, is that how it all happened? Sometimes we only see the big picture afterwards. But it's awesome when you're in the middle of it and just trusting God and he will often unpack stuff for you. And then it says, now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. The Lazarus had only been raised from the dead uh, a short time before all this happened. So it was still the buzz about the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This was just an amazing thousands of people there for the Passover festival from all over the Jewish world, from other nations around. Huge crowds. And here they are, Jesus enters on a cult that's never been ridden before. Wow. What an amazing scene. There's a huge crowd that was in Jerusalem for the Passover came to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem. So Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead 
had created such a stir in that whole area and crowds of people were still talking about it and following Jesus, probably wanting to see whether he could do another miracle. So there was a lot of amazing things happened and were said in what is known as the Passion Week. The week really starts in John chapter 12. Jesus was anointed with the expensive bottle of perfume oil by Mary as a preparation for his death and burial. After this prophetic event, we read John 12, 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Mate, you get a miracle and not everyone's happy. He's raised from the dead, now they're trying to kill him again. Sometimes when God moves, not everyone's happy initially. Don't get put off by that. Don't get upset by people's selfish, narrow, judgmental opinions of when God's at work in and through your life. Some people pull back and say, oh, it's just too hard. No, it's not too hard. They're just reacting out of their own ways. But deep down, many of them are saying, well, what's really going on? So stay faithful to the course of Jesus setting you free. So the woman with the alabaster oil, that was about a year's normal salary so that was very expensive some say it might have been her perfume to be used on her wedding night we don't know but it was worth in today's money fifty thousand dollars or more no wonder Judas and some of the disciples said hey she's wasted it all Jesus said she has prepared me for burial they didn't get it they didn't understand sometimes God will get you to do things for his kingdom and for people that you don't fully understand but just do it because the Holy Spirit's leading you to and sometimes God's got a much bigger purpose than what we see now but you'll never know if we hold back out of fear just keep moving forward and so then Jesus came into Jerusalem why were they waving palm branches it says someone put down their cloaks on the ground if the donkey wasn't scared enough before Never been ridden. <laughs> There's palm branches, thousands of people yelling, people throwing coats on the ground. Wow, what a scene. I remember about 10 or more than 10 years ago, we had a Christmas um, musical here and we had a, a donkey. One of the young mums with a baby rode in at the beginning of our Christmas event. Well, guess what? That donkey was fairly calm but the spotlights up here hit the donkey in the face. He was supposed to come around and go out, but hundreds of kids had come and filled every spot here, so there was nowhere for the donkey to go. He gets the front row. I almost got kicked in the head by the donkey because he was freaking out. <laughs> so that's the last time a donkey comes into our church. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. So here's this donkey, never been ridden. It's just... Chaos going on just calmly carries Jesus. And the donkey would have been very foolish to think the whole thing was about him. And yet sometimes when we're carrying Jesus' message, we forget that it's about him and not about us. Just be a donkey for Jesus. 
carry his presence and truth into our world. It's not about you, it's about him. Just don't get distracted and keep on walking, doing what God's called you to do. Someone else said, we're just postmen delivering God's messages to people. When a great pastor comes here, you don't run out and give the postman a big hug and give him a $100 tip because he's bought the parcel to you. He's just doing his job. When we serve Jesus, we're just carriers of heaven's love and truth to our world. That puts it into perspective. It's all about him at Easter. It's about him. And I want to remind you today to lift our eyes to Jesus because that's what this was all about. The disciples didn't quite get it all. And then we see that they're holding palm branches. And uh, the palm branches spoke about celebration. It was a way of celebrating. Revelation 7.9, John sees the revelation of heaven. He says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. So we know there's palm trees in heaven. We don't know what else is there, but we do know there's palm trees in heaven. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Jesus then goes on and predicts his death on the cross. The disciples just weren't, weren't buying it. They said, Jesus, you're amazing. You just raised Lazarus from the dead. We, we could take the world. And then Jesus says, I'm going to die and leave you. And they're not hearing it at all. And those who are don't want to hear it. Jesus then um, comforts his disciples with these promises. And he's there to help them, um, to support them in this journey. And then he goes and washes the disciples' feet. That whole amazing encounter in John 13. And if you read that story, it says, because Jesus knew who he was and where he was going and his mission, he could humble himself and wash his disciples' feet. When you know who you are and what God's called you to do, it's not about you. You can serve our broken humanity without having to get the recognition but just humbly serve and wash their feet, which was the job of a lowly servant, but no one did it that day. But if you read John 13, the first it says, because Jesus knew who he was and where he was going, what he was doing, he could lay, grab a towel and do it in humility. We are servants of God and his people. And then we, uh, he does that amazing thing, and uh, we see that there's uh, a little bit of... Uh, confusion in the journey there and uh, but we see that Jesus then goes to John 14 this is all happening in this last week and then he says do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house has many rooms or mansions you can have a room or a mansion doesn't matter heaven's going to be amazing if that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we can't know the way. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Giving your heart to Jesus and being born again is not just to have your sins forgiven and get an eternal life ticket to heaven. It's about coming to know Father God and his love, grace, mercy, power and healing. That's what salvation is all about. Many years ago, God challenged me and says, don't just preach half the gospel. I said, what do you mean? He took me to that verse and said, we preach about salvation, that he's the way, the truth and the life. Rightly so. But the second part of the verse is so that we can come to know the Father. That's the full gospel. I'll leave that one for you to think about. And then... In John 14, Jesus gave five reasons why his leaving this earth and going to heaven was better for the disciples. They said, no way. Number one, he was going to prepare a better place for us. Number two, he was going to show them the way to the Father. Number three, he was to provide greater intimacy of relationship with the Father. Number four, he was to enable them to do greater works. He said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father, I'm going to release the Spirit and you can do greater things. And number five, he was going to enable, he was going to send the Holy Spirit, the divine helper for them to be able to do it. All those things are in John chapter 14 when he's there talking with his disciples, getting ready for him to go to the cross. And those next few chapters are amazing that were happening in the last week before Jesus went to the cross. I encourage you this week to pull them out. Start at John 12 and read through to John 18 and 19 read that through in your devotions this week and just see all the amazing things that i'm giving you a summary today but it's very very powerful of who jesus is and what happened in that last week then we get to john 14 verse 15 he says if you love me keep my commands and i'll ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever the spirit of truth the world can't accept him that neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also shall live. On that day you will realize that I, I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus is like a departing teacher from a classroom introducing the students to the next teacher. That's what he's doing here. He's introducing to the Holy Spirit who's going to come as the Spirit of Truth and teach them the rest of this earth until Jesus comes back. When you see it like that, all of a sudden it shifts. The Holy Spirit is Jesus representative that's what he is so don't be afraid of the holy spirit someone says oh not sure about this holy spirit hey jesus explains in those chapters he's my representative he's come to make the kingdom of heaven real to you and i every day of our spiritual walk so don't be afraid of the holy spirit let a relationship come and grow with him because he'll reveal the father and the spirit of god will become so real and uh, the Holy Spirit in you comes in the name of Jesus with equal authority and identical power. Jesus had great power to raise Lazarus from the dead, 
do amazing things, cast out works of darkness. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he has equal power to me. And the amazing thing is, he's going to be in you all over the world at once, in all the believers, whereas Jesus was in one place at one time. Greater works because there's millions of Christians ministering healing and life every day of the year, all over the world. This thought, this brought great comfort to his disciples, even though they didn't fully understand how it was all going to work out. The Holy Spirit is described in various ways in the different versions of the Bible. He's the comforter, advocate, counsellor, friend, helper, intercessor, standby and strengthener. You can take all of them or one of them, whichever way you need, what you need for today. Have all of them because that's who he is. He's our helper. And uh, in the original Greek... The Holy Spirit is referred to as parakletos, a compound of two words. Para means alongside of, and kletos, which means one who's designated to you. How's that? The Holy Spirit is one who walks beside, alongside of us and he's designated to you to help you live in victory, freedom, power, overcome every addiction and stronghold. When you don't have an answer, say, oh Lord, give me wisdom. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the God who gives us comfort when we're overwhelmed. He's the promise keeper that we've sung about. So he's there doing all of those things for us. And how often do we go through a day or a week, stagger into church on Sunday and say, I've had a tough week. And, and the Holy Spirit's saying, well, hold on, I've been here all the time and you forgot to talk to me about how I could have helped you make it a better week. Anyone guilty of that? We just get busy. Our lives get cluttered. We get distracted. When he's there saying, hello. Oh, Lord, help us to make room for you in our lives. The Holy Spirit has been assigned to come alongside you. He is the presence of Jesus with and in you. How awesome is that? Can you see how they needed this encouragement? It's the evening before the crucifixion. By sunrise, nearly all of them will have abandoned him. John was the only one who showed up at the cross with Jesus' mother and some of the other relatives. All the other disciples had run for their lives. Peter had denied him. And yeah, Within 24 hours, he will be hanging on the cross and their, word will seem like it's been, their world will seem like it's been turned upside down. But Jesus so clearly wants them to know, you'll never face the future without my help. Wow. And we don't have to either in this life. Jesus promised he will never leave us or forsake us. He also talks a about the vine and the branches in John 15. That's another powerful story. The blessing and fruitfulness of abiding in the vine. Jesus in chapter 15 and 16 continues to teach on the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. I really encourage you to read those chapters this week and let God speak to you what Jesus communicates. Hey, people's last words are always very important, aren't they? John 17 is Jesus' longest recorded prayer for unity and for the body of Christ. When we've got a dying relative and they try to speak, it's really important to hear their last words because they're, they're, they're weighed and there's weight in them. Jesus' last words are recorded for about four or five chapters 
And they are so valuable. So, so valuable. John 15, 26. And when the comforter, the counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes, proceeds from the Father, he himself will testify regarding me. The Holy Spirit always points people to Jesus. He always makes Jesus real. He reminds of the finished work of the cross. He reminds of his promises. Always, always, always. That's why some people miss the moving of the Spirit because he's always pointing to Jesus. But he's there, right in the middle of us. John 16, 13. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak in his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Don't be afraid of what the world's heading into it says the holy spirit's going to be your guide and your spirit of truth and he'll show you what you need to know about the end times don't get caught in a million conspiracy theories and live under fear and anxiety and stress the holy spirit is with us jesus who created the whole world has got it under control you say well there's a lot of chaos yes because darkness is allowed to rule to a measure but we can be led by the spirit of the living God who brooded over the waters to see creation come so if he was at the beginning he's right here now and he'll be at the end so do not let fear rule our hearts he's our helper our comforter our strength and our guide do not let your minds be distracted overwhelmed by fear and strife and anxiety and stress. Get close to the Holy Spirit who will lift up Jesus and show you who he really is. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he, he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from what he, is, he will make known to you. Wow. John 17 prays that longest prayer of unity Jesus also visited the temple on the Monday and found the court of the Gentiles full of traders and money changers making a profit at the temple of God some of you know the story he got very upset there are moments where righteous anger is justified he made some whips and drove out the money changers who were ripping people off They'd filled the temple courts, making lots of money. They would sell a dove, which was needed for a sacrifice, and they'd be charging 10 or 20 times what it was worth. So they were taking advantage of people genuinely coming to worship God under that present system. And I say, don't ever use your Christian faith as a personal advantage financially. Do not do it. I've read what happens doesn't go well some of you have discovered that <laughs> let's love people let's be generous let's bless people and so Matthew 21 12 says Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop buying and selling he kicked over the tables of the loan sharks and the stalls of dove merchants he quoted the text my House was designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout for thieves. Now there was room for the blind and crippled to get in. They came to Jesus and he healed them. Wow. Sometimes we sang the song today. 
Getting rid of the clutter. Sometimes God has to get clutter out of our minds or hearts for him to have room to move. I love that song. Sometimes in church, God has to remove some of the clutter and the things that we think are really important in Jesus' plan. They're not that important and you can do without them. Let's get ourselves in the center of what Jesus wants to be and do. And he's cleaning up his church. He's shaking us free. He's getting rid of religious things. He's getting rid of traditions that are not good so that we can hold on to the right traditions and the word of the living God and let the Holy Spirit be in charge because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And for Him to be in charge, you've got to be willing to let go of what doesn't line up with God's plan. Wow. Caused quite a stir, as you can imagine. The Pharisees and Jew, religious leaders weren't his best mates up till then. Well, now they were avowed enemies because Jesus could see the poor getting ripped off. He's the people who are coming to worship God under their system and he got really upset. Verse 15, when the religious leaders saw the outrageous things he was doing and heard all the children running and shouting to the temple, Hosanna to David's son, they were up in arms and took him to task. Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus said, yes, I hear them. And haven't you read in God's word from the mouth of children, babies, I furnish a place of praise. I love kids because they're just honest. And when they know Jesus, they're not ashamed to tell anyone and everyone. They'll just blurt out singing the song they heard at kids' church on Monday morning in the supermarket. You're too embarrassed to do it, but they don't worry. Out of the mouths of children, praise goes to Jesus. Not saying you have to do it, but don't ever dampen the spirit of children. And I believe that can apply to new Christians because it says they are babes. They are new Christians. So sometimes these passion of new Christians... Don't, don't go and say, oh, look, in 10 years you'll calm down like I am. And I think, I don't want to calm down like you are. Because <laughs> you're just letting the fear of man rule your life. If your Christian life gets a bit boring, just hang around with some new Christians because they'll stir you up. They'll ask you the questions and say, why don't you pray more? Whoops. Why don't you really believe what God's word says? I didn't. Look what happened. Oh, boy. Okay, we need to wrap it up because we've got a baptism today. <laughs> so it says, Then fed up, Jesus turned on his heel and let, left the city for Bethany where he spent the night. He wasn't going to hang around and get prematurely killed. He determined his time of death and surrender and sacrifice, not other people. Don't have your life so busy and cluttered there's no room for Jesus and for the people to come in and get healed and set free. I love that. It says, after he kicked out all the tables, the, the sick and poor could come in and Jesus did a miracle service there in the four courts and the courts outside, like the foyers and that, they were all full of these money chains. He kicked them all out so there was room for the poor people to come in and they all got healed. Wow. So quick summary of the uh, Sabbath this uh, amazing week. Sunday, the triumphant entry, riding on the unridden donkey. Monday, he clears the temple. 
Tuesday was a day of teaching parables and clashes with the Pharisees, which is recorded in some of the other uh, Gospels. Wednesday had a day of rest, because he knew what was coming. It's okay to have rest when you've been busy and getting ready for the next season. So there's nothing recorded in Scripture on Wednesday for Wednesday. Thursday was the Passover, the Last Supper in the upper room. He gets arrested. The trial's gone on, go on overnight. Then at nine o'clock in the morning on Friday, he's crucified. Saturday, he's in the tomb. His body's in the tomb and he's defeating the works of darkness. Sunday morning, he rises from the dead. Woo! As one preacher said, it may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. Don't ever. You might be in the middle of a Friday where it's dark and the earth's turned dark and there's strife and, and your dreams feel like they're being crucified. Let me tell you, Sunday's coming. There's always a Sunday coming if you keep walking with Jesus. Don't pull back. Keep moving forward. There's some people today, you've had stuff that's tried to steal and rob from your life. Your family's in chaos. Let me tell you, don't step back. Keep moving forward. Even sometimes with a broken heart, with tears in your eyes, you go out sowing with tears, but you come back reaping with joy. Come on, don't give up. You might be going through the tear valley, but if you keep walking, the Spirit of God will be your guide and you will come with reaping with joy. Spirit of God says, come on, come on. Look at the life of Jesus. Every day in our lives is so important. Every week's important. They say a week in politics or sport can be a huge time. A week in the life of Jesus was incredible. This is the most dramatic week ever in history. I want to encourage you, maybe today you say, I don't know this Jesus as passionately as Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.